We're going to jump back into a series we've been talking about, the alignment with God's assignment. God has an assignment for each and every one of his children, no exclusion. No exclusion. Regardless of where you're at, maybe you didn't know it, maybe you just got saved and didn't understand it, maybe you've been saved for a long time and didn't do anything with it. Regardless, God still, his assignment, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God has an assignment for each and every one of us. You are of great value. Do you know what sin does? Sin, people sometimes they think, oh, sin will take you to hell. Sin will take you to hell. Sin will separate you from God. But sin, my friend, will destroy your self-image. Sin has a way of devaluing you and causing a person to feel like, I can't pray. God will never, God will never receive me. God will never forgive me. Why? Because of what sin, the effect of sin in their life. But I'm telling you, your Heavenly Father loves you so much. Can I get a better amen? amen. Look to your neighbor and say, he loves you too. Loves you. Just not as much as me. <laughs> and so you're not here by accident. Now, I didn't make them say it. They said it because they wanted to say it. I'm just letting them help. See, I'm not here by accident. So you're here by purpose. And in that destiny or destination, it just doesn't happen. In some circles, we're taught, well, if God wants it to happen, it will just happen. If that's true, then everybody would get saved because it's the will of the Father, the Bible says, that none perish but all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so there's some effort to get into the alignment of that assignment. David prayed at all times, show me the path to take. Your word, O oh Lord, is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Teach me how to live. It just doesn't happen. We just don't take, adopt everything that we are accustomed to or familiar with or what we've watched other people because we can love people, but not everything other people that we love have done should be duplicated. Can I get an amen? It takes a lot of maturity where you look and say, well, I love that person. They, they were great in my life. They're still a key part of my life. But just because they've done it, not everything they do should be demonstrated in my life. Now, there's some things we should learn from people, but not everything that they're doing should we duplicate. And yet there's a tendency of following the pattern of the past. And that's why they make movies about people who break that, that ceiling, that glass ceiling, and they're be the first one in their, their family to, to go to high school and finish or to go to college and finish or to, to own their own business. Why? They make movies because those are great stories because the human tendency is just to repeat what we've been exposed to in the past. But God doesn't want you to be a repeater. He wants you to be a demonstrator. He doesn't want you just to look like your past and the people you've been around. He wants you to begin to look more like him. See, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So for us to begin to access the assignment that God has, we, ha we looked at three key things. Quick review, direction, demand, destination. Say direction, demand, destination. We're still on the divine direction. We need divine direction. I don't care how smart you are, how educated you are. In your, this is just not on Sunday church thing. This is in your marriage. This is in your parenting. This is in your friendships. This is in your business. This is in handling finances. This is, we need divine directions. 
The Word of God tells us, and I'm going to throw some verses on the screen, some I'll give you a reference, some I'm just going to quote, and I want you to challenge everything, because in my opinion, this is just my opinion, your growth comes just not by hearing it, but by challenging it and studying it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, not just I heard. And so we need divine directions. The Bible tells us that every man's ways are right in their own eyes. Every man's way. So you can interview people, and they say, way I'm living life, that's the right way. It's because that's a natural human tendency. Every man, every, not some, every person's lifestyle is correct in their own perspective. But God judges. And some people, they're comfortable where they're at. Pastor, I'm good, I'm happy, I'm content. No, no stress, I'm just got it. And that's fine. But let me take the next few minutes to talk to people that know that God has more in store for you. Could be in ministry, could be in your relationship. I know my marriage can be better. Could be in your career. I know God can, can bless me more. Because it's one thing to be blessed. It's another thing to, is to be a, a blessing. I look at it as not how much money you can make, but how much uh, kind of impact you can create in the lives of other people. For those who feel like there is still something out there ahead of me, that I know that God has for me to do, regardless of age, regardless of experiences. Life will try to tell us to settle down, slow down, stay where we're at, don't rock the boat. And I'm not telling you to rock the boat. I'm telling you sometimes we need to step out of the boat and begin to say, I'm going to do something that nobody else has done because I'm doing it because I, I, I've heard the invitation from Jesus that said, come on out. Come on out. Peter said, if that's you, Lord, invite me out there. Call me. He said, come on out. Peter started walking. Why? Because he heard the invitation. I'm not saying jump out of a boat because there is a boat or there is water or there's just a situation or there's an opportunity because the enemy can create opportunities too. We've all been down that road where we've said, man, if I only knew then what I knew now, I'd left that joker on the curb. Come on, somebody. I wouldn't have bought that car. I wouldn't move to that city. I wouldn't have agreed to that. And so we need, say, I need divine direction. Key element number one is when following divine direction, it will always, say always, always be in alignment with his word. Follow God's word. Anything, anyone tells you that's out of alignment with God's word, regardless of who they are, what they're saying, how much you like them, how much you respect them, how many followers they have, how famous they are, how rich they are, all those things, put it in a box. If it's, in, if it's out of alignment with God's word, leave it. Amen. Oh, but they, Pastor, they told me, and they're anointed, they told me God told them to tell me. They missed it. Love them, pray for them, don't follow it. Leave it. Because we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glory may be of God and not man. Which means even good people can mess it up or miss it sometimes. And yet people will, the person that did it will be like, oh, I missed it, no big deal. The person that received it and followed it, it took them years off their life to get back to where they were before. Because someone told them they, they need to sell their house and move to China. And God didn't call them to China. And they struggled in China saying, why isn't this working? And they finally got that connection with God. And God said, I didn't call you to China. Well, Bishop so-and-so told me you called me to China. 
But I didn't tell Bishop so-and-so to tell you to call. I called, I called him to China. I know you've never met people that will get you to do what they feel God wants them to do. And then they walk away feeling like, oh, I, I got it taken care of. God wanted it done. And so I got somebody to do it. Not always the way it should work. God asks you to do it, that he wants you to do it. Am I, am I speaking to anybody today? Say, so it's got to be alignment with the word of God. Over the years, I've had people try the most interesting thing. Oh, the Holy Spirit told me, to, well, the Holy Spirit didn't tell me you were coming. I don't know who you are. So get behind me, Satan. How do we access divine direction? Number one, we have to keep it and follow his word. Number two, where we're going to hang our hat for the next few minutes, we're going to follow his Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. This is, sometimes it's become weird in the church world, but it doesn't have to be weird. That's why I want to talk about it, teach on it today, how we can be led. Romans 8, verse 14 will be on the screen. Amplified translation says, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. It is our right as his children to be led by the Spirit of God. Again, I'll I'll say this, and I'll keep saying it. Can God speak to you clearly like you're hearing a voice? Yes, but that takes development and training. When you start, you don't look for voices. If you start looking for voices, you're going to get messed up. Let me break it down this way. If you go to the gym and you lift weights, heavy weights could help you get stronger, yes. But if you never worked out before, don't get under a bench that's got 500 pounds. You're not ready for that yet. There is a season to be ready for every level that God has for you. Jesus said to his disciples, there's many things I need to tell you, but you're not ready for it. He spoke things in parables because not everybody needs to get everything at one time. Because if you're not ready for it, that's why you look at your 13-year-old who picks up your keys on the counter and says, can I drive? And you say, but I'm tall enough. Yeah, you're tall enough, but you're not mature enough. You're not ready for it. And so, so many people think that there's a, that, oh, it just sounds, and it does sound interesting and gets people attention. Oh, the Holy Spirit's telling me right now, and I'm hearing him say, and he can do that. But let me just be honest. Some, many people, not all, not none, in that middle range, many people, they aren't hearing God at all. They're hearing their own voice. They're hearing their own desires. I heard a preacher say once on TV, he says, when I say God told me, he goes, that's about a 50-50. I'm not for sure. Okay. And again, we're all learning and we can all make mistakes. But I think we can learn and develop our spirit person so that we can understand the principles of word so that we can increase our odds. We could be better at being led by the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? amen? Romans 8, verse 16. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. If you're writing notes, here's the key, here's the key phrase that we're using. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth with peace in our spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth with peace in our spirit. Your spirit does not appear. That's your brain. You are a three-part person, the Bible says. You are a spirit person. You have a soul that's your mind, will, and your emotions, and you live in a physical body. 
And all three of these have the ability to speak to you. If you don't think so, go on the fast, and you will hear your body talk to you real loud. I know this is God. I just love them. They're my soul bait. They're going to make me happy. We complete each other. I have to get married. They're already married. You're not following your spirit. You're following your soul. That's your emotions. Have you ever talked to someone that's very, very emotional? They were so sure they were right that they were strong in their strength of emotion. Because what you feed grows. If you feed your mind and your heart emotional stuff, you'll become better emotionally. But if you're not feeding your spirit person, if you feed your body, it's going to get stronger. If you don't feed your body, it's going to get weaker. And so a lot of people, because we're surrounded, we're oversaturated, overstimulated with information in our society to the point that people now have started businesses where they will, you will pay them and they will put you into a little like cocoon. Have you seen these? They're called floats. And it's, it is to eliminate all sensory stimulation for 30 minutes, hour, two hours, as long as you can go. So people are paying now to go into a room and to be encapsulated where they have no stimulation from anything, no sound. It's totally dark. They don't see anything. They don't hear anything. It is just totally separated. Why? Because our world saturates us nonstop. You get in line. I watched this comedian once. He said he forgot his phone, and he was in line. And all of a sudden, at the airport, he felt real awkward because as he's waiting to go through the TSA, everybody's on their phone. And he's standing in line, and he's like, I don't have my phone. I forgot my phone. And he's, he's just looking around. He said all of a sudden he noticed people starting to get a little angry with him like he was some kind of a creep or a jerk. Like, what are you looking at? He's like, I don't know. Would you like to talk? No. You know what I mean? People were so, everything is so digital. Everything is so nonstop information coming to us. But we have a spirit person. We have a soul, our mind, will, and our emotions. And we live in a physical body. And we've all been there where we're angry. We want to be led by our emotions or led by our appetite, our physical, or led by. But God wants us to learn to be led by our spirit person, which is not up here in the mental area. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to think. You need to be intelligent. That's why we challenge you to challenge everything. Even if I say it, don't take my word for it, challenge it. Because I want you to have the culture in your spiritual growth where you will challenge everything, no matter who says it. Because it has messed up people in their growth and their walk with God when they have adopted ideas that were not in line with the word of God. What do you believe? Well, I know what my church believes. Well, I don't care what your church and the doctrine of your church is. What does the Bible say? I know what my grandma believes. I don't, God bless her. She's a wonderful saint. But we don't care what she believes. What does the Bible say? The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. It's the inward witness that's used a lot. With our spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth with peace in our spirit. Psalms 85 verse 8. I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying for he speaks peace to his faithful people. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace, now catch this, key on this verse, amplified classic. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, 
rule. Do what? Let it rule. How? As an umpire, continually in your heart, in your spirit, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live and be thankful and appreciative, giving praise to God always. Let the peace of God. And so we can have this resonating peace on the inside of our spirit. And when all of a sudden you go to sign something, you go to do something, you go to make a deal, you go to walk into a place and something just doesn't settle right in your, down here. Not just here. You don't know what's going on here. You don't understand what's happening. But something's just not right. Have you ever had that? It's like a... A red light. Dad Hagen used to say, a red light. Something's just uneasy. You know it's not right. Stop. That's the Holy Spirit letting you know something's not right. Maybe step away. Maybe leave. Maybe go pray. Spend time and re- get your things back into alignment so you maintain that peace. I know I want to do this, but the moment I start, it's just an uneasiness. One of the ways that I find the mind of God when I'm making decisions is I'm looking for the Holy Spirit to bring that peace and to almost leap. Martha said to Mary, the moment I heard your greeting, the baby leaped within my womb. There's something literally for me, maybe I think it's for everybody, that if I'm talking about it, so I'll get a few people, people I trust, not everybody, and sometimes they'll say something, and it'll just leap in my spirit. I'll know that's the mind of God. Or something I've had where I'm telling them, explaining the situation, and before they even say anything themselves, I have that sense of peace of this is what I need to do. I'd be like, this is what I'm dealing with. Here, I got four options as I'm going through, as I'm hearing it. Something about hearing it. it I think everybody's been there. Let me, let me give you this illustration. Have you ever had something interesting that you thought, and the moment you said it, you're like, hmm, it sounded a lot better in my head. Isn't that funny? It sounded better in your head, but the moment you heard it, you could judge it. That's not right. That's why faith comes by just not reading it. Faith comes by hearing it. It's a different system. I don't know why. I didn't create it. God created it. But there's this, and when you hear it, and so for me, I'll begin to talk to somebody. Hey, what do you think? And I'm getting people's opinion. I'm not trying to let people direct the ship. I'm looking in the conversation. You say, well, why don't you go pray? I do pray, but I have found in my life that if I go in the prayer closet praying to get an answer, I usually don't get an answer. And I usually will, over time, hour, two, hour, three hours, somewhere in that process, I'll start coming up with my own solution. I know you never do that. Because when you've been praying for a long time and you start getting into the hours, you're like, man, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting tired. How about, okay, God, we'll settle for this. I'm not hearing from you, so let me just come up. I got an idea. We all can come up with ideas and we'll mark it as that's the idea. So I choose to spend my time in prayer because you need to pray. I spend time in fellowship with the Lord and developing my spirit to be sensitive to the Lord. And in the process of life, I'll begin to have looking for that direction. Okay, I got a big decision. What do I need to do? And I'll find myself in conversations with people I trust. And I'm looking for them to say something, me to say something, something to come out of it. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And I just keep waiting till I get that rest, that peace in my spirit. Do I get it right all the time? Absolutely not. You won't either. Nobody does. 
But as we're learning how to grow in the things of God, it sure is nice to, if you're dealing with a major storm or what to do, and all of a sudden you hear an answer and it registers on the inside in this area, like in your stomach area, but your spirit man, and you have peace of, okay, that's exactly what I need to do. Let the peace of God. But I got these questions. I know, you, like Colossians says, you're going to have questions that will rise in your mind, but in your, that spirit of, do you have peace? Do you have rest? Because God doesn't lead. Now, you can disagree with me, and I know it's taught by different people different ways, so I'm cautious with this, but let me, I'll just give you my opinion. God doesn't lead through problems and pain. Oh, the Lord will he'll get you to move on his path. No, we don't, we don't grow. We don't get wiser by going through problems. We get wiser by going through the word and getting into the word. He doesn't lead. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and stranger, they won't follow. Those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. We started this series off out of 1 Kings chapter 17, where Elijah, and after he prophesied and said, no rain, and there was a famine, God said, I want you to go to the brook, and I'm going I'm to feed you. And he had these crows basically feed, bringing him food, and he had the stream, and the Bible says, and the stream dried up. Sometimes we've been in situations where the stream is drying up. And our natural mind wants to begin to analyze and say, I'm seeing it, it's getting dry. I'm noticing it's getting a little lower. I notice things aren't the way they used. I'm going to begin. And they begin to move because the stream dried up instead of saying, God, I'm waiting for direction. Because Elijah didn't leave until he heard direction. Direction comes from the word of God. Well, the Holy Spirit's telling me I need to do this. What verse did he give you? He wrote the book. Don't you think if he actually told you and you're hearing him, you can say, all right, Lord, give me a verse that ties me along with that direction. But most people are moved. And, and I love people. I love people. But, you know what I mean? Jesus said he didn't commit himself to the people because he knew what was in man. You got to understand, the natural tendency for people to really, if, if, until they learn to develop themselves and grow and become more like Christ, is to do what they really want. And so they'll reverse engineer something. If they don't like something, they'll do what they want, and then they'll, they'll put God on it. Oh, the Lord's leading me to do this. And if you dig, if they're open enough in a conversation, sometimes, not all, but sometimes you can find where people make major changes out of offense, and offense is the number one tool the devil uses to get people to make major changes, and offense is, is not a spiritual thing. It's also an emotional thing. Oh, I'm just being led by God. No, you're just trying to sound spiritual. You're really offended. Someone hurt your feelings, and you're not handling it well enough, and instead of going to the person which the Bible says to do if someone's offended you, go to them and talk to them and restore that relationship. You're choosing to stay offended and act spiritual because you don't want people to know what's really going on, on the inside of you. And in the church world, we have lost great relationships, great opportunities, great things that God has wanted to bring to us. Why? Because we weren't being led by the Spirit. We're being led by everything else that comes down the road, led by convenience. Oh, I prayed, and God told, Lord, I need a car. And the next day, someone comes up and says, I'm looking to sell my car. Do you know anybody interested? And you think, it must be Jesus. Just because it, the, the prayer and an opportunity or close doesn't mean that they are connected. Oh, Lord, I'm tired of being single. I want to be married and have kids. And the next week, someone says, my cousin's coming in town, and we want to go out. You, you want to double? It must be God. It might not be God. 
devil's got some jokers that follow him too. And sometimes Christians even miss the mark. Come on. I mean, Peter went from saying, you're the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One, and saying, oh, Peter, I'm going to change, uh, Simon, I'm changing your name to Petros or Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Peter's feeling good, and then later Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be denied, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be raised third day, and Peter pulls him off to the side and says, Lord, I'll not let that happen, and Jesus said, get behind me. That's what you call going from the penthouse to the outhouse quickly. Because all of us, we got to keep ourselves in check. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth with peace in our spirit. John 16, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He guides us in truth. That's why I encourage people, what's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? Follow, stay, it will save you heartache. It will save you the pain of bad choices. It will save you sometimes years or decades of going down the wrong way. What does the Bible say? What does the Holy Spirit speak into your heart? Let him reveal the word to you. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth with peace in our spirit. He guides us. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Again, can we be led by the, the voice of the Holy Spirit? Yes, but you don't start there. Because if you can't obey the written word of God, you'll never obey the spoken word of God. But there's a way for us to develop that in our spirit. There's a way to develop that in our spirit, to grow into that. Amen? And we're going to talk about that next week. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, we thank you. If you're here today and you do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm not asking you to join a church denomination religion. I'm asking you this question. Is Jesus Christ real to you today in a way that you know for yourself that he's real and your Lord and Savior? Only you can answer that. Only you can answer that. Is Jesus real? If not, he can be. Revelation 3, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open up, I'll come in. Is Jesus Christ real? Salvation is an amazing miracle. Salvation is an amazing miracle. Hallelujah. I don't know where you're at, what you've done, what the devil's told you. I'm here to tell you that God loves you. And Romans 10 tells us that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He is able to cleanse you of all sin and guilt and condemnation. We are living in the last of the last days. This is the time to make sure things are right with God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, let this prayer come from your heart. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I turn to you today. I repent of all my sins. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth 
that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he came to this earth, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me. Because I believe that. I invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, come into my life, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. See, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my Lord. I'll live for you. Amen. Now look up here. If you prayed that prayer, just so I know who I was praying with, I want you to lift your hands at the count of three. Pastor, I prayed that prayer of salvation. I want you to know that I prayed it. I meant business. I know God answered that prayer. Some of you are like, well, I don't know if I want to raise my hand. Well, you know what? If we have trouble standing out for Jesus here, where we celebrate, how do we stand up for Jesus there? The world's going to get darker, but you know, the church is going to get brighter. God's people are going to get brighter. Amen? So at the count of three, if you meant business with God, and you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to lift your hands. One, two, three. Pastor, that was me. Who did I pray with? Keep your hand up if you would. One, two, three. God bless you. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. God bless you. Seventeen. God bless you. Anybody else? Would you stand to your feet if you raise your hands? Just stand to your feet. I'm going to speak a blessing over your life. Come on. If you raise your hand, just stand to your feet right where you're at. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can put your hand. Stay standing, but you can put your hand down. Now stretch your hands toward these people. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just right now thank you for touching their lives. And I just pray that you give them strength. Strengthen them with your might, Holy Spirit. Strengthen them with your might. Strengthen them with your might. On the inside. I thank you that today is a new day. We curse and bind every tactic of the enemy that's been set and used against them successfully in the past. And we speak peace into their life. We speak victory in Jesus' name. Let them feel your love today like never before. Let them feel our love. We thank you. We thank you, Father. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. you may be seated. God bless you. God bless you.